as they say in the bayou, les it up on Tom Let the good times roll. LSU sits on the throne of college football. Hold that tiger. Oh, what a great evening in New Orleans as the LSU Tigers pick up the national championship with a victory over the Clemson Tigers, 42-25. Hello, welcome in to the Y'all Show, where we discuss college football and a whole lot more. I'm your host, John Rawl, and to help us kind of understand what happened Monday evening at Mercedes-Benz Superdome to begin this hour of the Y'all Show, and we'll have him back on to talk even more in hour two. We welcome in here to start today's show, Mr. Barrister of Football and More, Matt Hermans. How about them Tigers? Yeah, how about those Tigers? Another uh, another national championship in New Orleans. I think I saw something where they've won all of them in New Orleans, which is uh, home field. But yeah, no doubt about that one. After about a uh, quarter and a half, I'd say it was in hand. Well, to Clemson's uh, credit, Clemson did take that 10-point lead early in the first half. And then Joe Burrow and company came roaring back, especially in the second half to get the 42-25 margin of victory. And Joe Burrow certainly backed up his case for being the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, yeah, he certainly did, uh, especially against that defense, which is not only one of the best defenses in the country, but uh, maybe the best and certainly the best the LSU Tigers faced all year. Um, But he... uh, he did some work on him. I think three touchdowns in the first half, and um, yeah, the LSU offense ended up with 620 yards of, of total offense against that Clemson defense, which I think is an amazing stat. Just complete offensive juggernaut. It took a little while to get going, but once they once they started clicking, it was you could kind of see Joe Burrow uh, get focused and, and do what he wanted to, primarily in the second half. The tally for Mr. Burrow. 31 of 49 passing for 463 yards, five touchdowns in this game. Not quite as good as I guess he did in the SEC championship, <laughs> or maybe I've already lost track of all the great games. Which one did he have seven seven TDs in the SEC yeah. or the or the bowl game? Yeah, no, he it was uh, it was the SEC. He had it. He had he had his seven touchdowns in the first half. By the way, John. So, ah, okay. Uh, yeah, but a heck, I would say um, this is even more impressive. Uh, not strictly by the numbers, but uh, just against that defense. You know, it didn't look it didn't look to be uh, as dominant as it has been last night. But I think that's a testament to the LSU offense, to be honest. So I would say, just based on the the caliber of defense that uh, the Bayou Bengals played last night, that that would have been his. Probably his best performance of the year, at least the most impressive performance of the year. And a guy who's got a national championship already, Trevor Lawrence for Clemson. It didn't come to be here in 2019 for the sophomore quarterback. He was 18 of 37 for 234 yards. And after that first quarter and early in the second quarter, I guess, when Clemson took that 10-point lead, his throwing seemed to be a little off. He was going high with a lot of his passes, it seemed. Yeah, yeah, he was a little he was a little high. I think um you know, I think there's an element of, of starting to press a little bit. Once that L S U offense starts kind of rolling and churning, um, you've seen it in not only not only the Clemson Tigers uh, sideline, but it starts making people uh making opponents feel like they really have to do something big. Uh, because that momentum starts coming, and then it kind of feels like a tidal wave just going to roll you over, which it did last night. But I think that does cause the opposing uh, offense to to want to press a little bit and try to get big plays. And then, 
even with a great player like Lawrence, and he's certainly a great player, um, you know, you start feeling like the pressure is on your shoulders to score every time to keep up with the Tigers. And, yeah, things go a little bit awry sometimes. Clemson had nearly 400 yards of total yards in the game, 394. The LSU Tigers, 628. And that was against a Brent Venables defense. And this defensive coordinator for Clemson has done an amazing job in the roughly decade or more that he's been in Death Valley, South Carolina. But in the end, it was Coach Ed Orgeron and his Bayou Bengals taking control and winning the big game in the Big Easy, 42-25. Hey, speaking of Coach O... We were able to get some audio from him right after he came off the sideline and went to the ESPN cameras to talk about the big victory over Clemson. Here is the head coach of LSU just after he won his first national championship. So happy for our team. This is about our team. This is about our coaching staff, about everybody wanting the program to go in the great state of Louisiana. I'm just so happy for everybody. Down for the first time all season by double digits. You come back. What did you learn about this group tonight? Seventh win against a top 10 team. Character, integrity, great players, great coaching staff. Will to win. Joe Burrow stood up on that Heisman stage and concluded his speech by talking about all you mean to him. What does he mean to you? The world. Uh, He's one of the greatest players in LSU history. Uh, He's done so much for the state of Louisiana and LSU. We are so grateful, Joe Burrow. Finally, Ed, this team's motto, one team, one heartbeat. What does this night, this season mean to the heart of Louisiana from someone from here who represents it? That's what it's all about. Uh, I grew up wanting to be the head coach at LSU. I'm so proud for the state of Louisiana. We've had support from the governor, from the president, from everybody that loves LSU. I'm just so happy for the people from Louisiana. But you got to give the credit to this football team, man. They've been working for one year. They deserve this day. Go ahead and say it, Ed. Go Tigers! Y'all, yeah, yeah. Ed Ogeron, head coach of the national champion LSU Tigers. As LSU picks up its fourth national title in program history, oddly enough, their very first title for the 1958 season came after a victory over Clemson in 1959's Sugar Bowl, and that game played right there in New Orleans, just like Monday night's game. Matt Hermans is our special guest as we start out today's Y'all Show, recapping a little bit of Monday night's championship win for LSU over Clemson. We're going to have a lot more to say about this game. Also, some Big 12 football and basketball talk to get to with Matt Hermans in Hour 2. Plus, the big debate. It's it's number one versus number two, Matt Hermans, and we got to talk about it in great detail in Hour 2. And it's not football we're talking about it's Kamado joe versus the big green egg which one is the of these is the best matt hermans is going to weigh in in hour two you don't want to miss out on that but matt hermans as we wrap up this opening segment of this first hour of today's y'all show you're a guy who was in oxford mississippi back around 2005 2006 when ed orgeron was a rookie coach getting his i guess feet wet in the sec Mm -hmm. did you ever think at that time you'd see this guy emerge as a national champion coach no no i don't i don't think I don't think anybody would have uh, would have told you back then that they would have seen it either. Um, you know, uh, although I would say that um, I think even Ole Miss fans would agree that uh, Coach O in Baton Rouge is a more natural fit than Coach O in Oxford, Mississippi, you know, for all kinds of different reasons. Um, but uh, he has certainly matured. He's, he's always been, even at Ole Miss, he's always been a, a heck of a recruiter and a guy who could really get talent 
uh, to come to the program, whether it's uh, it's been as a coordinator at, at University of Southern California at Ole Miss, wherever he's been, uh, he's been able to draw talent. Uh, it's just been an issue, at least in the past, of of coaching game day decisions, X's and O's, and things like that. Certainly, no no shortage of personality. There's some pretty pretty interesting stories <laughs> that came out of the Ole Miss program back when he was there. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I think I think he's definitely, I mean, clearly matured into not only the kind of coach that uh, uh, that I think maybe some people thought. Uh, but in the right place too, and a lot of times fit has a lot to do with it. And he, he you know, co- Coach Orgeron was was born to be the coach of LSU um, in every way you could probably imagine. So, uh, yeah, really matured into a heck of a coach, and and really has a calm demeanor. You saw it a little bit last night. This is not something that maybe he would have been known for, uh, you know, a decade ago. But uh, really calm and cool on the sidelines. Certainly a fiery guy. Certainly a motivator still, but. Uh, really calm, really collected, calming his quarterback down uh, when when Joe Burrow was struggling a little bit at the beginning and getting frustrated with some timeouts and things. Uh, you know, instead of uh, throwing things and, and going wild like maybe uh, maybe Coach O would have done a little bit of that in the past. Are you saying you more. didn't see any chairs flying around? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't see anything flying around. I saw him out there uh, as a very mature head coach calming his team down and kind of providing uh, stable leadership, which – uh, was was really great to see. I think if you're an LSU fan, and, and um, it's just changed. He's you know he's an older guy now, and he, he's totally transitioned is what you're trying to say. He's <laughs> transitioned from a fiery coordinator to a head coach of an elite program for sure. So uh, yeah, Matt Hermans, we love to talk to you about football and food, and taking a little a little slogan away from the food category. We're going to put you on ice if you don't mind, and we're going to dig you out of that ice an hour or two and have you reconvene with us and talk a little bit more about LSU's big win. Plus, we'll hear from Joe Burrow, quarterback of the national champion LSU Tigers, as he spoke after the win over Clemson. We've got that. Plus, again, Matt Hermans is going to break down the big debate between Kamado Joes versus Big Green Eggs. All that in hour two. When we come back after this timeout, stay with us. We've got a quick look at headlines across the southeast to tell you about, including what happened in Pensacola with that terrible shooting in December. The Attorney General now calls that a terrorist act. We've got information on that. Plus, we have a political report coming your way at the end of this hour, including news about a new governor taking the helm of the great state of Mississippi today. All that ahead on today's Y'all Show. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (laughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. 
Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. And the Y'all Show is back with you here, recapping all that's going on in the world of the news headlines. We've just covered in the opening segment a little bit of information about Monday night's national championship game and more of that coming up in hour two, thanks to our barrister, Matt Hermans, who will also, in addition to talking a little college football and Big 12 sports, he'll weigh in on the big battle of the ceramic grills. Oh, that's going to be worth tuning in in hour two. Plus, we'll have a look back at some of the sports headlines to start our or two from the last day or two in what we call the sports land yap section and man what controversy we've got going on in h-town as the houston atros what a debacle they get caught stealing not necessarily on the diamond stealing off the diamond and as a result the manager and a couple other people involved with the houston astros are not only suspended from baseball but they're terminated from the astros and maybe just maybe the strohs might have to relinquish that world series title from a couple of years ago is it another episode of the black Sox scandal this time in the 21st century We'll talk a little bit more about that in our sports land yap, plus some golf news and plenty of basketball news, both for men's college basketball and a new number one in the women's college basketball ranks. And it's a team that's in the SEC that's been away from that top spot for a few years. And now they're back atop the women's top 25 poll. So all of that coming up a little bit later in today's y'all show but we start out here talking about the headlines from across the southeast and if you tuned into the national headlines on monday you saw that attorney general Barr said that the air station pensacola shooting there at the naval air station in escambia county the shooting there was an act of terrorism and the united states is now to expel 21 saudi nationals involved in the training program in the pensacola area as he did call this act a act of terrorism as senior justice department officials said that the 21 year old shooter left a trail of extremism in the days and weeks leading up to the attack an attack that had killed a couple of our brave military personnel all of which were from the south i think three u.s sailors and all killed when this attack happened back in december and now our attorney general william barr says this this was indeed an act of terrorism and as barr said on monday during the course of the investigation they learned that the shooter posted a message on september 11th of 2019 stating 
the countdown has begun during the thanksgiving weekend he then visited the 9-11 memorial in new york city he also posted other anti-american anti-israeli and anti or rather jihadi pro-jihadi messages on social media and including two hours before the attack and he ultimately killed those three sailors severely wounding eight other americans in this december 6th attack and then he was gunned down in the process but unfortunately right here in the south on the panhandle of florida we had this terrorist attack happen several weeks back the attorney general for the state of oklahoma has now the sued the distributors of opioids as mike hunter on monday brought a lawsuit against three distributors of opioids after winning a lawsuit against one drug manufacturer and reaching pretrial settlements in other cases he filed a lawsuit in cleveland county district court against cardinal health incorporated mckesson corp and amerisource bergen corp as he said on monday oklahoma is in crisis the source of this crisis is the flood of prescription opioids that has inundated oklahoma for the past two decades it is a man-made crisis it was brought into being by the pharmaceutical industry those the words of the state of oklahoma's attorney general mike hunter the lawsuit said the defendants distributed what can only be called a major oversupply of opioids into the state of oklahoma no telling what the other side's saying at this point but an 8.75 million dollar settlement was reached last week with endo pharmaceuticals and par pharmaceutical incorporated both subsidiaries of dublin-based endo international the oklahoma lawsuit comes after michigan back in december sued opioid distributors cardinal health mckesson amerisource bergen and walgreen corporation so more proactive attorney generals out there in the southeast going after these opioid manufacturers and what a crisis we've seen in every one of our southern states as a result of the opioid opioid crisis. Now, a name you might be familiar with from a couple of months back, George Nader, the 60-year-old Lebanese-American businessman. He's entered a plea deal in federal court in Alexandria, Virginia. And this guy was a key witness in special counsel for Robert Mueller's Russia investigation from last year. And now he's going to be going to jail for at least 10 years after pleading guilty to charges of child sex trafficking and possessing child pornography. He admitted transporting a 14-year-old boy from the Czech Republic to Washington, D.C. back in 2000 to engage in sexual activity with him. He also admitted possessing child pornography depicting infants and toddlers. The pornography charge carries a 10-year mandatory minimum sentence. Prosecutors agreed as part of the plea bargain to recommend a 10-year sentence when Nader was sentenced, uh, will be sentenced in April. And again, he was part of the Mueller investigation. You might remember his name popping up more than 100 times in Mueller's report as it detailed Nadler's efforts to serve as a liaison between a Russian banker with ties to Russian President Vladimir Putin and members of President Donald Trump's transition team. Nader's also under indictment in Washington, along with a couple of other people, on charges of conspiring to conceal the source of more than $3.5 million in political donations to Hillary Rodham Clinton. Not news that the Clinton campaign nor the Mueller investigation team 
wants to hear come out with this guy. A man in Florida who spat on a Make America Great Again hat-wearing bar patron has now been sentenced to 90 days in jail as 43-year-old Matthias Apfel entered a no-contest plea on Thursday of last week, and the judge there in Florida found him guilty of battery, as this was reported in the Treasure Coast News. Surveillance footage shows an incident that showed the man approaching 67-year-old Robert Youngblood at a bar in Vero Beach back on October 26th. He placed a paper towel on Youngblood's head to cover up the Make America Great Again lettering on the hat and then slapped the bill of the hat before telling him to go back to Russia, you F-word communist. He then spat on Youngblood and left the bar, according to the Indian River County Sheriff's Office. He took down the man, Mr. Youngblood, who was assaulted here, took down the man's license plate and gave it to police. He told police when they arrested him, I was just trying to protect you guys because I support law enforcement. Trump supporters are communists and racist apple must also pay 155 dollars as part of this to mr youngblood pay for all necessary court costs and avoid contact with him according to the sentencing document but there in that portion of florida on the treasure coast this 43 year old man is going to spend the next three months in jail for spitting on a make america great again hat wearing bar patron now there's no use for that there's no use for nobody should ever argue in a bar for goodness sakes a man who shot a church gunman a few weeks back in texas has now received that state's highest civilian honor as 71 year old jack wilson got the medal from governor greg abbott on monday in austin and this was in honor of what he did a couple of weeks back when he shot and killed an armed attacker at a church in the state of texas and this happened at west freeway church of christ and mr wilson a firearms instructor who trained the west freeway church of christ voluntary security team he shot the attacker once in the head after he opened fire with a shotgun in the church's sanctuary his single shot quickly ended the attack in which two parishioners 64 year old tony wallace and 67 year old richard witt were in they were ended up killed in this area as the governor again called him a hero for stopping the shooter at this church in the fort worth area town of white settlement texas but how about that 71 year old jack wilson with a a marksman shot there and if you see the photos from the ceremony in austin he ended up uh, wearing a nice cowboy hat looked like a real texan there when the governor honored him on monday morning after he killed that 43 year old gunman uh, back on December 29th is when that happened there at that church in White Settlement, Texas. Now to Georgia we go, and an inmate on death row there has requested an execution by firing squad and has filed a lawsuit to do just to have that happen, just like we said, as Michael Wade Nance sentenced to death back in 2002 for shooting a man who refused to hand over his car during a bank robbery in Lilburn, Georgia. And now this death row inmate in the Peach State has sued the state's prison system, saying he should be executed by firing squad instead of lethal injection because his veins are narrow and the latter method would cause him excruciating pain, according to a lawsuit filed by the inmate's attorney. The lawsuit said that Mr. Nance's veins are severely compromised and difficult to locate, adding there's a possibility they would lose their integrity and leak the pentobarbital, the drug used in lethal injections, into the surrounding tissue. Execution by firing squad is both swift and virtually painless, according to the lawsuit. Ah, y'all want to try that and get back to me and tell me if indeed it's both swift and virtually painless? Evidence and recent experience strongly suggest that the firing squad is significantly more reliable than 
lethal injection. I'm not sure that any state allows firing. Well, let me let me update. Only the state of Mississippi, Oklahoma, and Utah offer firing squad as a method of execution. I had no idea. Here in the South, if you commit a crime and you get sentenced to death in the Sooner State or the Magnolia State, you can choose firing squad as an option. Ronnie Lee Gardner, an inmate in Utah convicted of murder back in 1985, was the last person to be executed by a firing squad as he was executed in June of 2010 after choosing it over lethal injection. And now this person in Georgia, that's a pretty valid excuse. I mean, if it's not real, it's a pretty creative excuse to get the firing squad over that injection. And frankly, a cost of a bullet these days is not exactly all that high so the taxpayers of georgia i'm sure they'd rather see that bullet go into this man in his execution than a very very expensive drug injected to a system i'm just saying just saying but we'll find out what happens with this case of michael wade nance who i don't have an exact date of when he's scheduled to be executed but i guess it's coming up soon we'll find out what happens there out of atlanta and the state of georgia now to north carolina and a weird story coming from the coast of the old north state as a group that manages the wild horses in coastal north carolina they're now warning drivers to watch out for all the wild horses of that area that are taking advantage of an unseasonably warm weather period by sleeping on the sand at night so these horses are I guess confused they think it might be april may and now that we've had temperatures in north carolina reach 60 and 70 degrees and more over the last couple of days before this cold front came through over the weekend the wild horses are acting again kind of like it's more like june not january according to the corolla wild horse fund as they put a notice on social media over the weekend to please please be extra careful because they don't want these horses walking in front of cars and other vehicles and potentially being killed there around the coastal area of north carolina a man was driving on corolla beach over the weekend when he spotted horses in the dark he told a local newspaper that the animals are very hard to see and warn others to keep a lookout. Crashes are one of the leading, leading causes of death among the Outer Banks wild horses. This summer, one wild horse was killed and another injured in two separate crashes. But if you have ever get a, ever get a chance to go see the wild horses of the North Carolina Outer Banks, it's truly something really, really fun to see. I've done that. You can take tours and see that and don't leave out in Virginia they got the Ankatique Island horses also that make their annual pilgrimage from one island to the other when the waters of the Chesapeake Bay go down each year. But pretty neat part of our southern region to have these wild horses. And as a guy who drove out west last year where there's wild horses everywhere, in the southeast, to my knowledge, we don't have a lot of wild horse options. I apologize if I'm wrong. I haven't studied up on my equine studies lately. But I'm pretty darn sure, as a guy who's been on the road all over the southeast, I don't see too many wild horse signs. But look out in Corolla, North Carolina, and other areas for wild horses there. And, of course, if you ever drive out west, look out for all of the wildlife there. Now, in the south, we've got to be careful right now of all these darn deer that are everywhere. You also need to be on the lookout if you're in the Corvette capital of the world, and that would be Bowling Green, Kentucky, where GM has a factory there. Well, guess what? The new 2020 Chevrolet Corvette Stingray, it's not even in production yet, but the high-performance sports car is already on the wrong side of the law. Get this. Two employees of the GM plant there in Bowling Green have now been arrested and cited for street racing near the plant as they were arrested on January 8th. 
Police clocked Alexander Thim and Mark Durkatz going 100 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone and said Thim hit 120 miles per hour at one point. The cars are presumably pre-production vehicles being used for development. Automobile Magazine says that the two men are engineers for GM Bowling Green. A spokesperson for the company said that it was aware of the incident and is investigating. A third Corvette was present but not involved in the infraction, according to Bowling Green Police. Them and Durkatz released on a $1,000 bond after being booked for racing on a public highway, reckless driving and speeding. As on Monday, believe it or not, the 2020 Corvette Stingray was named the 2020 North American Car of the Year, and Chevy is expected to begin building models for sale in february and it's a pretty impressive looking sports car if you're into sports car you might want to have this on your wish list the 2020 chevrolet corvette stingray made in bowling green kentucky unfortunately don't get one that's been driven by these two knuckleheads that work at the plant there because they might have uh brought down the value of that particular corvette with the way they were driving around western kentucky oh my goodness all right here's another crazy story to tell you about and this is a cool thing that when i read this if you like technology got to give a shout out to sterling virginia based beverage dispensing system maker sestra systems now what does this virginia company do sestra that's s-e-s-t-r-a what do they make how about this they make a machine that uses the internet to give you the perfect pint of beer meaning it pours out just the right of beer and just the right amount of foamy head and this is an important thing for all you beer drinkers the systems employee Andrew Olson said that driven by software this software adjusts to allow the company to adjust the foam for every beer so depending on the beer type the tap adjusts the foam to deliver the proper amount of foam to the guests so if you're in northern virginia for example you can go find this at lost rhino brewing company and i'm sure they're making their way across the whole nation but a beer dispensing machine a, a using technology to pour out the perfect amount of beer but more importantly the perfect foamy head for your cold beer I don't think too many people drink hot beer, but yes, you can find that at this bar in Ashburn, Virginia, as it's its first brewery customer for the beer dispensing technology. Lost Rhino, which retrofitted its 16-line long-draw draft beer system with Tapwise, was also a collaborator with Sestra in developing it. So if you have a, a kind of a hankering to go try out a really good glass of beer sometime soon, head over to this company and head over to the Loudoun County, Virginia area and check out Lost Rhino Brewing, founded in 2011, and check out the system there, Sestra Systems, what they've done there at the bar. No more jipping you off with that head flow. You got to get the perfect amount of the, the perfect pour, and you can do just that in Northern Virginia. And finally, this guy here needed a cold beer to calm down because he's in trouble after this man in Florida is accused of not only stealing golf balls, but he then beat an elderly golfer in the process and now he's locked up in the marion county jail in ocala florida 22 year old tyler dearden also he was accused of taking golf balls from a golfer's bucket at this club in ocala and news reports say the golfer told him not to do that and went to report him and an affidavit says that when he returned mr dearden came up to him and stated he wanted to apologize but he actually punched him and knocked him to the ground as Dearden told deputies, he was defending himself from the golfer who threatened him by pointing a golf club at him. 
the golfer suffered a broken rib bruises and cuts that required stitches and all this again at a golf course around ocala florida he remains in jail on a ten thousand dollar bond and the man who was arrested uh is is he's actually part of the arrest says he's charged with aggravated battery on a person 65 years or older for the incident that happened last week now if you've ever played the sport of golf there's something called etiquette and something tells me mr tyler dearden in ocala was not using a lot of really good golf etiquette when he not only stole golf balls which is a major no-no but he ends up beating up the man and going to jail in ocala florida now that's not very good golf etiquette there hopefully this guy is not a golfer he just happened to be out on a golf course and use the golf course as an excuse to be a knucklehead and he's going to be paying the price for it and that is a quick look at some of our political head some of our news headlines from across dixie now we're not done yet with the headlines when we come back after this little timeout, we're going to come back it's also very important to tell you what's going on in the world of politics cory booker information to tell you about when we come back after the break but we also have some other headlines in the world of politics including today there'll be a brand new governor and the great and sovereign state of mississippi as tate reeves will be sworn in as mississippi's newest governor we've got information on that plus other information like what in the world's going on in the commonwealth of virginia when it comes to guns oh my goodness all that is coming up here on the y'all show you do not want to miss it remember you can connect us anytime 803-816-1170 that's the way to call or text us 24 7 the y'all show continues after this break Deep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. 
Well, it's a long way from Star, Mississippi To the big stage I'm singing on tonight And sometimes the butterflies still get me When I'm in the spotlight And some people seem to think that I've changed same way that I've really always been Cause a Mississippi girl don't change her ways Just cause everybody knows her name Well, if you're a Mississippi girl or Mississippi boy, today is a huge day in the state of Mississippi, the hospitality state, as the state is swearing in its 65th governor, Tate Reeves. He takes over for Phil Bryant. He's been Phil Bryant's lieutenant governor for the last eight years, and the ceremony held inside the state capitol. It's been moved inside after the threat of rain in Jackson, Mississippi, and local affiliates in Mississippi are going to be carrying this thing if it hasn't happened already. As yes, this threat of rain forced the ceremony from the South Lawn where the stage was set up on Monday, but now moved inside. And I don't think this is the first time they've had to do that. But after the governor, the new governor of Mississippi sworn in, there'll be a parade, which is scheduled to begin at 2 p.m. and then go throughout Jackson to the governor's mansion, an open house in the state capitol. And more will be held from 2.30 to 14, that 2.30 to 4.15 at the governor's mansion, which is actually the second oldest continuously occupied governor's residence in all of America. And if you want to put on your black tie, Hey, inaugural ball will kick off at 7 p.m. at the Mississippi Trademark. Entertainment will include Mississippi country music star Randy Hauser, who's from the Hattiesburg area, I think. Donations and other supporters of the campaign are funding inauguration events throughout the Jackson, Mississippi area. But Tate Reeves now becomes Mississippi's newest governor as he takes the reins as the Magnolia State's 65th governor. Now, if you're not familiar with Tate Reeves, he was born Jonathan Tate Reeves on June 5th, 1974. And he grew up in Mississippi, grew up in Rankin County, went to Florence High School in Florence, Mississippi, then went on to nearby Millsaps College, home of the Millsaps Majors, and he earned a degree in economics there. Also was a member of the K.A. fraternity, and he involves, he still remains involved with Millsaps by serving as a member of the Investment Policy Board for that Jackson, Mississippi area university. He got involved in banking after college, where he became assistant vice president for AmSouth, and then he went into politics as he became state treasurer of Mississippi as he was elected that back in the, I think, 2003 election And then he was unopposed in the GOP primary and went on to beat the Democratic candidate there. And then in 2012, for the, or rather 2011, he ran for what would be served. He was sworn in in 2012, the lieutenant governor campaign for Mississippi. And he won that and then was reelected in 2015 and then had a pretty rough go of it for governor in the 2019 race as he had Bill Waller up against him and another very formidable opponent from DeSoto County that was challenging him on the Republican side. And then when they got to the general election, he was able to win that election in 2019 as he became the governor, beating Jim Hood, who would have been the attorney general for a long time in Mississippi. But Tate Reeves, 
your new governor of Mississippi, the 45-year-old Republican, now leads the Magnolia State. The NAACP has filed a lawsuit claiming the Census Bureau is unprepared for the upcoming census count, and they're calling this conspicuously deficient, according to the NAACP's press release. The civil rights group and in Prince George's County, a black county in Maryland, filed the lawsuit at the end of last week in federal court, claiming the Census Bureau wasn't planning to put enough workers in the field and hadn't opened up sufficient numbers of field offices. The lawsuit from the NAACP also faulted the Bureau for conducted limited testing, particularly when, for the first time, it's encouraging most respondents to answer the questionnaire online. The 2020 census is going to help determine the distribution of $1.5 trillion in federal spending and also how many congressional seats each state gets. And it starts for a few residents actually next week in remote parts of Alaska. Most people here in this part of the world won't be able to get their questionnaire to answer until mid-March. And if you'll go back 10 years, People will come knocking on your door. They're going to want to find you. They want to know what in the world is going on. So be prepared. But the NAACP claiming the Census Bureau is unprepared for this upcoming count. We'll see how far that lawsuit goes forward here in the coming days. President Trump's getting ready to get back on the rally trail as they're going to have the Iowa caucuses in a couple of days. And President Trump's now planning a rally in Iowa just a couple of days before the state holds its Democratic caucus. As his campaign announced the money that they'll be having supporters in Des Moines on January 30th. That's four days before the contest for the Democratic nomination formally gets underway with the Iowa caucuses and it's going to be a wild day there when President Trump goes to the capital of Iowa for a big rally. Remember, this is a state that's about 50-50, and President Trump carried that back in 2016. Will he be able to go forward in the future with a win in Iowa once again? Of course, the win there helped, along with all the other states he picked up that had not gone red in quite some time, but perhaps a smart move for President Trump. He was just in what was he in toledo last week toledo ohio with a big rally and now planning to go back to des moines january 30th president trump you got a lot of fans here in the south you need to plan more and more trips to dixie if you can all help it all right the governor of arkansas is governor asia hutchinson and this arkansas republican defended his decision on monday to continue accepting new refugees challenging a skeptical uh, Republican lawmakers to avoid creating fear about welcoming people from other countries, as he told a legislative committee in Little Rock that fewer than 50 refugees would likely be resettled in Washington County, Arkansas, which is in northwestern Arkansas, under his decision. As Arkansas, the natural state, is among 42 states that have said they will continue to accept refugees since the Trump administration issued an order back in September that gave state and local governments the authority to refuse to accept them for the first time in history. But the governor of Arkansas, who appeared, he asked to appear before the panel by some GOP lawmakers who have criticized his decision, he's now in favor of at least some refugees coming in to the state of arkansas now his comments come just after greg abbott the republican governor of the lone star state said his state would be the first under trump's order to no longer accept new refugees tennessee's governor bill lee who has decided to keep accepting refugees last week also cautioned members of his own party to not fall to misinformation so that is the topic there with the republican governors are they going to try to go against the trump administration or 
no telling what's going to happen here with the other states now to the state of virginia four gun control bills have now advanced in the house there in the richmond capital the capital city of richmond four gun control bills advancing in the assembly the general assembly of richmond setting the stage for a contentious showdown between gun rights advocates and democratic lawmakers who want to bring comprehensive change to the commonwealth of virginia as the bill sell through the state's judiciary committee and they would require background checks on all firearms purchases allow law enforcement to temporarily to remove guns from people deemed to be a risk to themselves or others also will limit handgun purchases to one month and let localities decide whether to ban weapons from certain events naturally the national rifle association said the new measures will take it harder will, will actually make it harder for law-abiding virginians to protect themselves while doing nothing to stop criminals now one other note from virginia that came out they're going to it looks like ban handguns and firearms from coming into the state capital in richmond i'm actually surprised that you could have any kind of handgun or weapon there anyway but that came out this week as well so the stage is being set for the pro-gun anti-gun folks in virginia to keep dueling it out without handguns and firearms by the way just with their laws and the way they have rallies a big rally coming up on martin luther king day in richmond a pro-gun rally there now to tallahassee in the capital of the state of florida as thousands of workers from the schools around florida came to the state capital on monday to press governor ron DeSantis and the florida legislature to more than double the nearly one billion dollars the governor is proposing for teacher raises and bonuses as this large crowd of demonstrators streamed into the tallahassee main thoroughfare some hoisting signs asking lawmakers to fund our future organizers of the rally said as many as ten thousand demonstrators came to the capitol on the eve of the official start of the 2020 legislative session the question is did these people skip out on school like a lot of states have done in recent years this red wearing red teachers wanting more money funding public schools this happened on monday in tallahassee perhaps it was a some kind of holiday there in the state of florida desantis is asking lawmakers to approve 600 million dollars to boost the minimum salary of public school teachers to forty-seven thousand five hundred, and that would catapult starting salaries to among the highest in the country another 300 million dollars would be distributed based on merit but that out of tallahassee on monday now also out of tallahassee on monday lawmakers have begun considering whether they would allow college athletes to profit from their fame a move that comes as the ncaa is looking into possibly moving removing its long-time prohibition against making money off your trademark off your license as florida would follow the lead of california if this went through as california last year ignored pleas by the ncaa to keep the prohibitions in place the ncaa's argued that allowing the practice would erase the critical distinction between college and professional athletics and would give california schools an unfair recruiting advantage more to come on this but the discussion now going on in the halls of government in tallahassee for florida as they debate if college athletes should or should not be paid they're already getting something anyway i don't know if the legislators know that there in tallahassee and leon county they ought to know something and finally as we wrap up our political headlines cory booker the new jersey senator he had to drop out of the presidential race on monday didn't have enough money wasn't getting any kind of traction in the polls 
was not going to be on the debate stage when they get together here pretty soon. So Cory Booker, Mr. Spartacus, has left the building for being a presidential candidate in 2020. So good luck, Corey. Come back real soon. I know he'd spent a lot of time in the South, specifically South Carolina campaigning, trying to crack through. But despite his big rally he had there in his hometown right across the river from New York City, it's not going to work out for Cory Booker in 2020. And I know President Trump sent kind of a wise guy response to that on Twitter on Monday. And that is a quick look at what's going on in the world of politics here as we wrap up this first hour of The Y'all Show. When we come back in hour two, we'll jump right into Sportsland. Yep, what's going on besides the college football playoff national championship game that was held on Monday evening? We've got analysis coming in on that game from Matt Hermans later in the hour. Plus, we'll get Matt Hermans to weigh in on the big debate. And this has nothing to do with college football. It's the big debate between the Big Green Egg and what is it, the Kokomo Grill or something like that? S Kokomo Joe Grill? See, I don't have one, and I'm, I'm envious. He's going to tell us the positives and negatives about those grills, those ceramic grills, when we get to our bodacious barbecue report with Matt Hermans. And all of that is ahead in the second hour of this, The Y'all Show. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Number two of this, the Y'all Show, talk with a Southern accent with your host, the General of All Things Southern, General John Rawl, sitting here in the host chair. Wonderful to have you back here as we begin another hour of the show that's all about the 16 Southern states, where we mix in news and politics and barbecue talk. That's coming up in this hour, by the way, and sports talk. That's coming up in this hour. We've got music talk coming up on Wednesday. We've got a very special guest coming up on Thursday. If y'all want to travel somewhere, hey, have you ever heard of the Kentucky Castle? And that is in Versailles, Kentucky, just outside of Lexington. Well, the chief operating officer of that property. Christy Eckerline is going to be our very special guest in the Festive South feature of our Thursday show. All that here this week, plus much, much more. 
It's Southern. It's y'all. And we're so glad that you could take time to join us. Hey, if you want to connect to us with a question, comment, maybe you've got a suggestion. We welcome that. Our number is 803-816-1170 on Facebook and Twitter and more. You can find us at Y'all Show at Facebook. Specifically, you can find us y'all.com there. Like our page. We ask you to go on y'all.com and maybe bookmark that if you would be so kind to do that. We've got tons of stories going up all the time, many of which you will absolutely adore. And we appreciate it. It's y'all.com. And let me take this moment here while I'm thinking about it. Ran into a loyal listener over the weekend as Miss Sarah listens to us each and every day on 93.1, the talk of Jackson WTJS FM. And just not only does she listen, she was quoting back to me a portion of last week's show. And that's pretty impressive. It's one thing to listen, but to be smart enough and to pay attention enough, as Miss Sarah did to recite some of our show last week, that was pretty amazing. So, Sarah, Thank you for listening to the Y'all Show. We welcome that, and we welcome all of you who listen to us maybe on a daily basis. And if you can't listen to us every single day, let me remind you, you can listen to the podcast edition of the Y'all Show. There's a couple of ways to find us. You can go on y'all.com, and right there on the homepage, scroll down, and you'll see all of our Y'all Shows. Just click on each episode, and you can listen to it. You also can find the Y'all Show on Apple Podcasts. If you've got the little Apple phone, or maybe you've got an iPad, look for that little purple icon and i promise you within seconds of each day's posting of the show that thing will automatically download to your smartphone or your ipad pretty amazing stuff oh and by the way it's absolutely free of charge so apple podcast is an option plus we're on iheart radio and the TuneIn radio apps search for y'all show it's right there big bright red y'all logo and you'll be ready to go with y'alldom going forward so those are the ways we have out there for you to listen to us and we appreciate all of you who listen to us on great radio stations like wtjs and others and all of the all of you out there who listen to us on the podcast edition each and every day thank you thank you thank you all right let's start this hour with a little what we call in honor of louisiana sports lanyap this is a mixture of all kinds of sports i'm going to say most of our college talk for matt hermans when he comes on in just a few minutes so we begin sports lanyap which is a mixed bag of all kinds of sports with baseball and why in the world is john rawl talking about major league baseball when it's not even baseball time because the Houston Astros got caught stealing, y'all. And I'm not talking about going from first to second base stealing. I'm talking about they got caught stealing signs. And would you know that Major League Baseball came down on the manager of the Strohs, A.J. Hinch, suspending him, and general manager Jeff Leno also suspended. And guess what? After just a few minutes, to the Astros' credit, the owner, Jim Crane, then came out and announced that he let go A.J. Hinch and Leno and others as they got caught red-handed, or in Astros' world, orange and blue-handed, stealing signs. And that perhaps helped them win that 2017 World Series. I think that was against the Dodgers. As a league investigation confirmed that the Houston Astros had cheated by using a camera-based sign-stealing system during the regular season and in the playoffs of their World Series 2017 season. And they were co-busted. And they were suspended for the whole year, now fired. And they should be fired. Now, 
the Astros in 2019 came within a whisker of winning another World Series as the Washington Nationals ended up winning that in seven games. And something tells me they might have been up to their old tricks as part of that. Now, one of the alums of the Houston Astros of 2017 is current Boston Red Sox manager Alex Cora. And is he going to be let go? Is that, is that already happening? Because he was the Astros bench coach during that 2017 season. I think the best thing Major League Baseball can do, and I don't mean to be hardcore here, but let's face it, these guys are just as guilty as the 1919 Chicago White Sox. They cheated, and the White Sox intentionally lost games. These guys were cheating to win games. They got busted. I think the World Series should be taken away from the Houston Astros, and these guys suspended from baseball for life, similar to Shoeless Joe Jackson and others of those famous Black Sox of the 19. 19- hundreds so what a terrible story coming out for houston astros fans and also fans of major league baseball this was a controversy that was not necessarily something anybody saw coming this this serious at least and when you look at how this compares to let's say the new england patriots cheating in football this is a big much bigger deal because in baseball if you know that sign that can make that can make the batter hold off on hitting the next pitch and such and They were indeed using that to their advantage back in the 2017 season. So baseball, which, of course, these teams report in just a handful of weeks, mid-February to late February, they go to places like Florida and Arizona for spring training. And right now, the Strohs, with no leadership on the field, and I know the ownership there of the Houston Astros franchise is going to have a lot of work between now and first pitch of baseball season, but not a very happy story coming from Major League Baseball to start out this week here on the Y'all Show. Now, football-wise, we know who our teams are, the Final Four of the NFL postseason, as the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry, or someone told me on Monday, King Henry, and man, he is a king. All the yards he's amassing on the ground, if he could just do something about that thing coming out of the back of his helmet, man, he would be even faster out there. But Derrick Henry, the Heisman Trophy winner out of the University of Alabama, has helped lead the Tennessee Titans, along with former Texas A&M Aggie quarterback Ryan Tannehill and others, to the AFC Championship game. And I saw the Titans firsthand about two months ago. It was mid now mid-November, and this was a team that was – just kind of teeter-tottering around. They had just put Tannehill in as the starting quarterback over Marcus Mariota, and they had just come off a win. I think they won at the Oakland Raiders, I think, and then they had a home game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I went to that game, and Henry ran wild. Tannehill looked great, and voila, the Titans seemed to be on a roll, and in a roll, indeed, they were on, and now these two teams, the Titans and Kansas City, get back together. It was the Kansas City Chiefs who were in Nashville somewhere around late October for a game that the Chiefs had a late field goal blocked and the Titans walked out of Nissan Stadium with a win. And now these two original AFL teams playing in the AFC Championship. This game's going to be Sunday. It starts at 3.05 Eastern, 2.05 Central. CBS, as great Jim Nance and Tony Romo are on the call from Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Ought to be a great game. And if you go back to, what, two years ago, Marcus Mariota went into Kansas City in a playoff game. Remember, that was a game where he threw his own touchdown pass. The ball got batted back to him, and he ran it in, and the Titans upset the Chiefs there. Well, now, these few years later, Tennessee under Ryan Tannehill goes up against the former Texas Tech quarterback Patrick Mahomes, now in his second year, leading the Chiefs 
and that will be a great game there on the AFC side. Now, on the NFC side, the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers have a matchup going on at 640 Eastern, 540 Central, as this is the NFC Championship game from Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara. First NFC Championship game ever played for the 49ers at Levi's Stadium. As remember, the old Candlestick Park location had great plays like the catch from Dwight Clark and the Joe Montana, Steve Young years were all great there at Candlestick. And now the Niners, who, you know, I said this was the first championship game in and it has to be because when the Niners went to the Super Bowl six years ago, roughly, and played the Baltimore Ravens, I'm not sure they'd moved into Levi's Stadium at that point. And even if they had, they probably won on the road to go to the Super Bowl. That was back when you had the Harbaugh brothers, Jim versus his brother John in that Super Bowl in New Orleans. And the Super Bowl went the Ravens way and ultimately Harbaugh Jim, that is, went on to Ann Arbor to coach the Michigan Wolverines. But it's the Packers and the 49ers. Fox has this game as Troy Aikman and his cohort there, uh, Joe Buck, will be in the broadcast booth for this game on Sunday. That's your late game. This game ought to go well into prime time on Sunday. That's the way this usually works out when you have the last game of the championship weekend of the NFL. And then when you want to ask, hey, when is the Super Bowl? As you got these two championships game going on this weekend. The Super Bowl this year will be at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. It will be televised on Fox, and it will be on Sunday, February 2nd, set for a 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central kick. And again, Super Bowl coming up here. Super Bowl 54 is what it is this year. And we'll find out which of these four teams playing this weekend advance to play in that Super Bowl in South Florida. Now to the world of golf and a quick recap of what happened this past weekend out in Honolulu at the Sony Open in Hawaii. Americans Brendan Steele and Webb Simpson, Webb out of North Carolina, Wake Forest alum, just missed out on a chance to win as Aussie Cameron Smith emerged in a playoff over Steele to get the victory there at the Sony Open in Hawaii and then picked up a pretty nice paycheck. Kevin Kisner, the Athens, uh, Georgia college kid who's from Aiken, South Carolina, he was tied for fourth there in the final standings of this, the Sony Open in Hawaii. And I, I'm going to try to find out what's up next here. You got the Century Tournament of Champions, I think, is your next tournament. No, that was the previous week. I apologize. I, I need to brush up on my golf tour here for the year. But right now, walking into this next golf tournament, you got. A lot of players wanting to get back to winning when they get to the mainland and get out of Hawaii on the PGA Tour. Now to college basketball, we've got the latest top 25 rankings, and I'm going to give a lot of love to this number two team when Matt Herman's drops by in just a handful of minutes. Number one team this week is the Bulldogs of Gonzaga. They're number one. Duke checks in at three. Who's number two, by the way? The Baylor Bears. And Baylor, what an impressive program in multiple sports. Duke's at three. The Auburn Tigers are 15-0 and as AU is ranked number four in the latest AP poll. Other teams from the South that are in the AP poll right now, you got Florida State checking in at number nine. The Knowles under Leonard Hamilton are 14-2. and two. Big Blue Kentucky's at 12-3, and three, ranked number 10 in the latest poll. The Louisville Cardinals have moved up two spots this week as the UofL is at number 11. West Virginia is at number 12 in the latest AP poll. 
And then from the South, you had the Maryland Terps out of the Big Ten at number 17. The Memphis Tigers, as they have a very, very high-profile head head basketball coach, they dropped down a spot this week as the U of M is at 22 with a 13-3 and ranking. A team that played for the national championship last year, the Texas Tech Red Raiders, moved down a spot this week to number 23. And that's your top 25 college basketball teams from Dixie. Now to the women's basketball front. And congratulations to Dawn Staley and the South Carolina Lady Gamecocks as they are back atop the college basketball front. At number one, they moved up three spots this week to take over number one, 16-1, and are the Gamecocks. And then the top 25 of college basketball's women's front, they are doing great. Number two, the defending national champ, a team we just talked about in the men's side that I think at number two in women's basketball the baylor bears are number two there what an impressive athletic program going on there in waco texas other teams from the south in the women's college basketball top 25 the louisville cardinals are at number five the wolfpack of nc state check in at number nine you have the mississippi state bulldogs at number 10 they're 15 and 2 by the way the defending sec champs number 11 is the kentucky wildcats what is his name matthew matthew uh i forgot mitchell matthew mitchell is the head coach of the women of kentucky's basketball hey pretty good memory there texas a&m checks in at number 12 in the latest ap women's college basketball poll the florida state seminoles are at 13 west virginia by god they're at number 17 in the women's college basketball poll hey congratulations to missouri state as the bears are at number 19 14 and 2 great job there in bass pro shop country maryland's at number 20 in the women's college basketball poll the arkansas razorbacks are 14 and 3 they're at number 23 and the tennessee lady vols are at number 20 in the women's college basketball poll and finally here before we get on get matt hearman's on to the program in the next segment i want to tell you a little bit about a, something out of the sec in terms of basketball the university of tennessee has self-reported an ncaa violation that involved a football player advertising the sale of a replica version of his jersey on facebook the incident was among seven level three and level four violations that the university of tennessee reported over the past six months as these reports obtained monday through a public records request the facebook related violation involved a football player permitting the use of his name and image to promote a commercial project that player for tennessee not identified the player said he intended to give the 300 dollars to that acquaintance but could never reach the jersey manufacturer to confirm shipment and more problems out of tennessee i don't think this is necessarily the biggest deal as level three violations are resolved by the ncaa's enforcement staff with any appeals decided by the committee on infraction by the way level four violations the least severe are processed by conference offices without involvement by the ncaa so still not necessarily best of news coming for tennessee a program that has had a lot of problems on the field and off the field but just maybe, just maybe, the on-field problems of Tennessee are being fixed. Jeremy Pruitt's team in 2019, what a, a dramatic turnaround. Remember, this is a football program that was spinning out of control after losses to Georgia State and then to BYU. And then they ended up winning eight games, eight games for the University of Tennessee Vols. And and what a turnaround winning that Gator Bowl game against Indiana. A dramatic comeback win there in Duval County. And UT, one of the teams a lot of people are saying 
don't sleep on Tennessee when it comes to football in 2020. I had a great time listening to Clay Travis of Fox Sports, a guy who is a Tennessee guy. Seriously, he 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 wrote a book about Tennessee's football program. He is a Tennessee fan, even though he went to school, uh, law school at Vanderbilt. I think he went to undergrad at American or either George Washington in Washington, D.C., but has followed Tennessee his life, his whole life. And he's pretty optimistic about the University of Tennessee Vols going forward. And is UT for real? Well, if you look at that SEC East heading into 2020, Georgia's got real problems with Fromm taking off from that program to go to the NFL. A very talented offensive lineman for Georgia has now transferred to Tennessee of all places. He's going to have to sit out this year. And is Florida going to be strong here in 2020 enough to uh, maybe it might be a Florida Tennessee matchup going in to determine the SEC East race for 2020. Should be a lot of fun. Good to have Tennessee great again. Make Tennessee Vols great again is what UT fans have been saying for the last few years. And maybe, just maybe, this last year, 2019, might be a great indication that the Big Orange are headed back to the promised land. At least, promised land where they can perhaps compete for SEC and maybe NCAA National Championship games. We shall see. Well, that will wrap up our sports line. Yep, like we told you, a little mixed bag of all kinds of goodies here on the Y'all Show. When we come back on the next segment, we're going to continue our discussion about Monday night's national championship game between LSU and Clemson. We'll get additional thoughts from Matt Herman, who'll be back on with us to talk about that. Some Big 12 news coming from the big guy, and also the big debate that's going on in the world of barbecue grilling. What is the best thing? Is it Kamado Joe, or is it the Big Green Egg? Which of these ceramic grills, perhaps you have one, which of these things are the ones you need to go out and get ready for your spring cooking, your summertime hot dogs. Well, Matt Hermans, who is an expert on grilling and is by far an expert on anything grilling and barbecue, he's going to weigh in with his very, very expert analysis. And that analysis is headed your way next with Matt Hermans, our barrister of football and barbecue. This is the Y'all Show. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. LSU Tigers pick up their fourth national championship Monday night in New Orleans with a big win over the Clemson Tigers, 42-25. LSU moves to 15-0, only the second team ever to reach that mark. Of course, Clemson 2018 also had a 15-0 
record. I'm John Rawl. This is the Y'all Show, our SEC spotlight, sort of. You're going to call it that this week. Uh, here at this time, we normally talk Big 12, but hey, we got to give LSU and the SEC a lot of credit as the win by LSU Monday night marks the sixth national championship for an SEC school in the last decade. The ACC, by the way, had three national championships with Clemson winning two of those, Florida State winning the other, and Matt Herman's Unfortunately, the Big 12 didn't have a champion this last decade. The Big 10, though, they had Ohio State win that one. I guess the first CFP, they won that against Oregon a couple of years ago. But that is where we are in college football. LSU back atop the national championship. They are numero uno on the bayou, and we congratulate them for that. We're visiting with Matt Hermans. We're going to have him talk a little bit more about the big win for LSU Monday night, and then we'll get some Big 12 news out of the old fellow before we talk about barbecue and grilling in the next segment. Matt Hermans, we talked to you briefly in hour one, got you back here in hour two to talk football. Hope you don't mind doing that. I think uh, I think I can twist my arm into doing that. Yeah, I know we're about to go dormant for college football for a few months, unfortunately for you and others, but we'll do our best here to, to talk about the big win. Of course, LSU fell behind in last night's game as Clemson came out with a Trevor Lawrence run there early in the game to take the 7-0 lead, and then LSU did not the game before Clemson had a 10-point lead, and then really from that point on, thanks to a three-yard Joe Burrow touchdown run midway through the second quarter, it was was pretty much all LSU going forward thanks to Jamar Chase's 14-yard touchdown reception from Joe Burrow and also Moss with a nice pass reception from Joe Burrow. Those were two of the five TD passes Burrow threw on Monday night. The Heisman Trophy winner, he looked mighty sharp. Oh, he, he certainly did. He got off to a slow start, and, and you know, that that's kind of to be expected uh, again. Uh, against a, kind of a higher caliber of defense than I think they played all year. But once he got going, um, you got to be impressed with the way he started to pick apart uh, that Clemson defense. Uh, of course, you're not happy about it as a Clemson fan, but uh, as a football person, uh, you, you just you have to be impressed with the, the types of throws um, Joe Burrow was making, where he was putting the ball. There was a throw uh, to the corner of the end zone for a touchdown in the second quarter that, uh, you know, you, you you can't throw the ball uh, any better than that at any level um, ever. I mean, it, it, the accuracy uh, that, that Joe Burrow was throwing uh, was showing on some of these throws against a really good, I mean, I can't understate, I can't overstate it, a very, very good Clemson defense is just exciting. Um, did the guy see, catch the ball? Did, did the LSU receiver catch? Okay, good. Yeah, corner, might, corner of the end zone. You might remember. I think it was in the fourth quarter. There was another absolute. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, dime. Dime. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought it was. But you yeah, threw an yeah. absolute. I mean, better than dime. Uh, right, a quarter, right. and the LSU player when it was right there in the corner of the end zone could not yeah. haul it in. Yeah, and that's and that that's a crazy thing too because that would have been a, another. Uh, chunk to his stats and you'll remember too at the beginning of the game i think it was the first possession for the lsu tigers uh there it, it was called back on an offensive um, formation penalty but he scrambled out and threw about a 45 yard bomb to um to mr moss uh, down the field it would have been just another incredible play that was called back so uh really just impressive and the funny thing about that too is is similar to trevor lawrence this is a guy 
He was perfectly happy sitting in the pocket, picking defenses apart and putting the ball exactly where he wants it. Uh, but he showed his legs to be fairly dangerous as well. Some some really sneaky athletic ability and speed, uh, punishing the Clemson defense on occasion, just getting first downs. They had a couple of 15-yard runs, I think, for first downs, um, showing, showing some good uh, crazy legs there too on occasion. So, yeah, I mean, what a what a player! And I'm not. I'm. This is not a slight to the rest of the LSU football team. You've got Mr. Chase out there, um, uh, Mr. Moss, and you've got uh, Jefferson out there who, who had a slow start, but he made some plays down the stretch. Edwards Alari. I mean, you had a lot of guys playing really well on that offensive line, uh, certainly giving Joe Burrow some time and, and holes for for him to scramble around in. But uh, yeah, just what a performance against an amazing defense. Uh, kind of a, a special player. Well, Joe Burrow wins the national championship. He wins the Heisman Trophy, and that doesn't happen all that often, that combination of winning the top honors for both team and individual efforts in a football season. After the big win over Clemson Monday night, Joe Burrow was located by the ESPN crew, and they had a chance to talk to the kid who claims Ohio as his native state, but he actually has Mississippi roots, and I'll tell you about that after we hear from the quarterback of those Bio Bengals. This years of hard work paying off. This is this is an incredible moment for our for our program for Baton Rouge for Louisiana. Uh, this is this is just so special. I'm kind of speechless. You guys allowed Clemson to strike first, but you never flinched. Where did that confidence come from to know that you were going to get the win here tonight? Well, we thought we got down. I think it was 17-7. We never flinched. We knew we knew what we had. We, we had some tough breaks getting backed up inside the five a couple of times. They had a really good plan early. And, you know, once we figured out what they were trying to do, our coaches put together a great game plan at halftime, and we started to roll. We saw you coming back early from halftime, but you took a big hit going into the locker room. What allowed you to battle through that injury? There's no other option. Uh, this is a national championship. This is, That's all. I wasn't going to go sit on the sideline, that's for sure. You know, coming into this season, your dad retired to watch every single game, and he's been in the stadium celebrating with you. What does it mean to be able to win this national championship in front of him? You know, there's my dad won a great cup in Canada, but there was kind of this, this borough curse. My brother lost the national championship. My dad lost a couple of great cups. I lost the state championship. Both my brothers lost state championships. You know, this is, this is kind of our first one, so this is super special. I see you haven't put the ball down, and after you threw your fifth touchdown pass, but set a record for national championships, you pointed to the ring finger. Do you know what size ring you wear? Ten and a half. <laughs> we already got fitted for him. And that was LSU quarterback Joe Burrow in the seconds just after his team won their fourth national championship. LSU beats Clemson 42-25, and number nine looked like a number one quarterback there in that game at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And in the process... Matt Hermans, he's gaining a ton of new fans. In fact, on Monday afternoon prior to the game, my nine-year-old son, who lives in a rival SEC town, sent me a photo of a yellow golf shirt that he had 
that he took some kind of marker and penciled in a number nine on it and an LSU <laughs> and stripes on the sleeve, and he's wearing that to school today. And again, he's in a rival SEC town in another mm. state, and he is a Joe Burrow fan. Of course, it helps that he and Joe Burrow, I think, are about 10th cousins because Joe Burrow's father and his grandpa- grandparents continue today in their 80s to live in Amory, Mississippi, home of Bill's Hamburgers, by the way. And Joe Burrow has that Mississippi connection, even though most people think of him as a, a darn Yankee. He's kind of a, <laughs> he's kind of a half Yankee. In fact, he grew up the son of a coach, so he really lived all over the country. But how about that? I'm sure you know other people who may have been captivated by Joe Burrow. I don't know if they're taking yellow shirts and writing number nine on them, but pretty, pretty well, cool story. I would imagine there are probably a, a few of those uh, kiddos doing that in Baton Rouge and across the state of Louisiana is my guess. But, uh, yeah. Um, if you live pretty, in Louisiana, you can go down to your local Walmart and get a cheap jersey. I'm sorry. Outside yeah, of Louisiana, sure. it may be a little bit of a challenge to get one of those the knockoff jerseys for a, a reasonable amount. Thus, the reason my son, I think they make some kind of marker now that actually might come out in the wash. But, yeah, he's he wrote LSU and nine. Put a lot of effort into it. Uh, and so I, I wonder if he's going to get beat up at school today again in a rival <laughs> SEC town. <laughs> he's probably not. Probably, probably. I think he'll be okay again. You know, maybe he'll go go to the water fountain and wash it off. If he takes too, too much flack. Uh, so that maybe that's an advantage of having the the washable marker over the jersey. Uh, maybe that's a smart move. Yeah. So anyway, LSU wins. Matt Herman's Joe Burrow's certainly blazing a path right to the number one spot in the NFL draft, and he looked like an NFL quarterback, and then some with that victory over Clemson on Monday night. In fact, we now know the poll. It's just come out, and LSU is number one, no surprise, in the brand-new AP, the final AP poll for the year. Clemson at number two. Ohio State comes in at number three. The Georgia Bulldogs check in at number four in the final AP. The Oregon Ducks are at five. Florida's at six. Oklahoma, seven. Alabama, for the first time in a long time, is out of the top five. The Crimson Tide checks in at number eight in the final AP poll. Penn State's at nine. Minnesota is at ten. Other teams of note to tell you about from the south. The Baylor Bears, final AP poll ranking of number 13. Auburn at number 14. The Memphis Tigers, who played in the Cotton Bowl, finished the year at number six. 17 that might be the first time they've ever done that in program history appalachian state for certainly for the first time in the mountaineers program history they finish at number 19 in the ap poll the midshipmen of navy after a liberty bowl win over kansas state are at number 20 air force at 22 ucf at 24 and the texas longhorns wrap up the year as the number 25 team in college football matt hermans as we have our slow sad song wrapping up football for 2019 your thoughts on how it all worked out here in this brand new ap top 25 final poll well i would say from my perspective there's not a whole lot to argue about there um in that poll i would say i would just say this i would uh, be hard pressed to think of a more uh, dominant uh team than the lsu tigers uh, were this year and the last several years. Clemson had a heck of a run in 2018. Uh, but looking at the, uh, I mean, that, that they would be in the conversation as well, but the, the 2019 slash 2020 national champ LSU Tigers were just a team that, that punished just about everybody they played. 
um, you know, with no respect to color of jersey or school of origin, um, and it's particularly offensively, just absolutely ran roughshod over uh, just about everybody they lined up against. That's uh, one of the better teams that I have seen play over the last several years, and uh, one of the clearest number ones uh, over the last decade, in my opinion. So I, I put a bow on it that way. All right. Well, we have some news out of the Big 12 that we want to get your opinion on, Mr. Big 12 Barrister. As Chuba Hubbard, the Canadian, is going to return to Stillwater and be an Oklahoma State Cowboy next year. Did you think this would be a reality for the running back for OSU? Uh, No, no. I I assumed that he would be headed to the NFL draft. I believe, uh, from what I've seen, he's he's a relatively high draft pick, uh, at least – you know, the, and he won't be a draft pick now, clearly. But uh, from what I understood, he would have been a, a relatively highly uh, ranked running back. Um, he's got elite speed um, for sure at that position. So, this is uh, if you're an Oklahoma State Cowboys fan, I mean, this is a a windfall um, in my opinion. You've got uh, your 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 will be a sophomore quarterback coming back, Spencer Sanders. He struggled a little bit this year, um, but still has some. Uh, some ability that I think will will blossom as time moves on, and then you you pair him up uh, with a you know another year under his belt with Chuba Hubbard, who of course we've already gone over the nation's leading rusher this year and a very very talented guy, and that's a heck of a little uh, nucleus for a uh, maybe a run in the Big Twelve next year. So yeah, this is better than getting a five star recruit. This is better than getting anybody. Uh, anything unproven, um, this is about as good as it gets. You get a proven running back, uh, an NFL caliber running back coming back. And uh, so, yeah, that, you know, this is uh, pop tops and, and celebrate in Stillwater if you, if you, if you, uh, if you want to, because this is legitimately a great thing. Well, I don't know if they're popping tops and celebrating in Waco, but they are looking for the white smoke to emerge from the athletic office there at <laughs> Baylor University because they've got a little coaching vacancy right now. And, and I, didn't know, I didn't know the Baptists did the white smoke. Hey, you're breaking news here. You're yeah, breaking news. I am breaking news. As last week, Matt Rule took the job as head coach of the Carolina Panthers, of course, making about $10 million a year will help you make that decision to head to Charlotte. And so I ask you, Mr. Big 12 Barrister Matt Hermans, who do you think is going to take over the Baylor Bears head football job now that there's a vacancy? Wow, uh, really, uh, really good question. Um, I've heard a few. Let, let me little... throw some names that I'm hearing. Joey okay. Joey McGuire, who's currently the Bears interim coach and a former associate uh-huh. head coach, he's in the mix. Perhaps SMU coach Sonny Dykes, perhaps as mm-hmm. SMU did pretty good this past year. Of course, he's a, a legendary figure in the Texas ranks. And then you got Arkansas State's head coach Blake Anderson, and also I don't know why this guy's name pops up from time to time when there's coaching searches Matt, mike gundy mr mullet himself from oklahoma state <laughs> one one outlet reports him as a possibility uh, anything you yeah. want to say about any of these people um yeah i'll say a couple things i would say sonny dykes um i had heard rumors about him uh, interviewing that would be kind of a logical step up from smu to baylor I understand they're both private schools in texas but uh, Power Five Conference um, and everything that goes along with that, certainly kind of a uh, an obvious step up. Uh, Texas Ties, former Texas Tech head coach, uh, deep, deeply uh, entrenched in Texas high school football. 
Um, seems like also runs a high flying offense. Baylor's been kind of known for that over the last few years. Um, and Sonny Dykes runs a version, you know, his version of the spread slash run and shoot slash whatever you want to call it there in Dallas. So, uh, seems like a, seems like a kind of an obvious fit there. If you were to try to take that job, uh, Mike Gundy's not going anywhere. Nobody's, I don't see him leaving his alma mater, uh, for Baylor. I mean, you've got more resources, bigger fan base, larger stadium, more support. I can't imagine a reason that he would leave to go to Baylor unless there's something personal there between him and his um, mater. He might want to get near Chip and Joanna Gaines, maybe. I mean, I guess if he really likes that show, you know, he's got access. He's got access to to home improvement items, right? So, other than that, excellent point, John. Other than that, that's certainly a draw. But other than that, I can't really see a reason. We'll keep our eye on what happens with the Baylor football team, which again finished number thirteen in the brand new final poll for the twenty nineteen college football season. Now we got to move on to other things to talk about with you, Barrister. But we got to salute Baylor. When Baylor deserves to be saluted, we're going to salute you, Baylor. You finished number thirteen in college football. That is very impressive. But Matt Herman's Baylor is your defending national champion for women's basketball. They're currently ranked number two this year. And the men's team is number two in college basketball and atop the Big 12 conference standings tied with TCU with a 3-0 and mark. Yeah, Baylor, um, good time to be a Baylor Bear uh, for sure. Uh, the, the football team obviously successful and both basketball teams, men and women, really making their mark. Um, Baylor men's basketball team, obviously the women are fantastic, but that men's basketball team is probably the class of the conference at this point, um, having wrapped up some pretty good wins already, even three games in. So, uh, yeah, uh, really, really, uh, you know, uh, props to the Baylor, uh, the Baylor Bear uh, academic, or pardon me, athletic program. Um, always good academic institution, but yeah, uh, really, really doing well. A plus across the board. How's Baylor doing in baseball? Uh, Baylor baseball has been uh, good. They, they have a they have a uh, a history of being very good. The last few years, they've taken a backseat to Texas Tech and to. Uh, even Texas, to some degree, uh, on po- based on postseason performance at TCU, for sure, they're right there, top half of the league, and uh, have been improving. Uh, we're a postseason team last year, for instance, uh, getting in kind of at the very end. So, solid baseball program. Not not maybe not the class of the conference, but uh, still um, above above the uh, the mid mark. Pretty good baseball program. They need to step up their game if they want to be in the conversation amongst the other athletic teams there on the Waco campus. Well, the other Big 12 men's basketball teams that are ranked besides Baylor, the Jayhawks of Kansas are at 6 in the latest AP poll. The West Virginia Mountaineers are at 12. And the runner-ups last year to the national championship, the Red Raiders of Texas Tech, are number 23. And that will wrap up our college basketball and college football talk. And again, LSU, your national champions of football. All this with Matt Hermans. We're not done with Mr. Hermans. He's going to put on his barbecue and grilling hat. When we come back for the next segment, our final segment of today's Y'all Show, we're going to talk about the big debate, Kamado Joe versus the Big Green Egg. You don't want to miss out on this, and it's up next. Beep's coming. You know what to do. 
Hey, I'm gonna just rip this band-aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with Purple today. Take advantage of Purple's Snorin' 20 sale and get free sheets and a premium sleep mask when you buy any Purple mattress. That's up to a $158 value. Claim your free premium Purple gifts today by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Data rates may apply. We got 24 tall boys on the chill Yeah, 14 of them's mine A little Marshall Tucker on the radio You know we just catch a little groove before the show We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party A tailgate buzz just a sipping on It's the final segment on this, the Tuesday Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent with your host, John Rawl. Catch us anytime with a question or comment, 803-816-1170. We've got our barbecue and grilling barrister now with us, Matt Hermans. And Matt, I got to give credit to Charlie Culp, a longtime friend of mine. We were having a three-hour discussion, believe it or not, this last weekend. We haven't talked in a few years. And amongst the many conversation topics, we got somehow talking about grills. And he mentioned he had just got him a Kamado Joe. And I'm like, what is that? I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it is. And essentially, I believe its arch rival is the Big Green Egg. So, Mr. Grill Man himself, if you'll help Charlie Culp and others out there who may have one of these grills or thinking about one of these grills, tell us about them, the differences, and why we should maybe pick up one of these bad boys as opposed to the more traditional grill. I have familiarity with, with both of these, I guess you'd call them a grill. They're kind of a multi-purpose grill slash smoker slash um, whatever you want it to be, kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades type cooker. So I, I am, as, as we have talked about before, I'm, I, am no, I have no shortage of hot takes and opinions about barbecue and smokers and different things. This is one of my, my life's loves the loves of my life if you will um but i will tell you this the kamado joe and the big green egg is uh let me try to put it um well they're the same thing okay so <laughs> if someone is dedicated to the kamado joe i'm sure they're gonna say well no 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 my uh, my pit my, my my grill is better okay and the big green egg would probably tell you the same thing about them and they're kind of the original uh ceramic cooker but they are very, very similar. Both of these cookers are ceramic, uh, which you call ceramic cookers, which means they're very, very thick ceramic. The entire thing, the entire cooker itself is ceramic, and it's insulated uh, between the lid and the bottom of the cooker with uh, kind of a felt-type insulation. Uh, there are some, some small differences between the two. Both are 
hinged on the back. The, the, the lid itself is also ceramic. And the reason they're so popular is because ceramic holds heat ah. incredibly, incredibly well. It is, it is an incredible uh, heat holder, if you will. It sucks in the heat and it, it disperses it for a long period of time. Now, there's some really, really good things about that. And there's some things you have to be careful of with both of these cookers because you know, once that ceramic gets heated up to a certain temperature it's very takes a very long time to get it cooled down so you 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 want to uh you want to be very very careful with your heat source because if you're cooking uh if you're grilling you can get a, a kamado joe or a big green egg up to 600 degrees which is, is a searing temperature for a steak and you can cook that sucker really quick which is wonderful um but if you're smoking uh, you'll want to cook closer to 250, uh, maybe 275 is the upper realm of what you want to do for barbecue. Uh, and then you go all the way down to 225. So the the, the major advantage uh, of one of these cookers as opposed to what we call a side box stick burner or a barrel smoker or a uh, Smoky Mountain cooker type, type uh, indirect smoker is that is literally that ceramic. Uh, you put just a little bit of charcoal, a little bit of wood, uh, and allow the, the ceramic cooker to go for hours and hours and hours. And even if your uh, coal starts to burn down, like I say, that ceramic continues to put out heat uh, evenly for a very long period of time. So you have to check it very very infrequently. Uh, you don't have to add a lot of coal or wood uh, to keep the heat in there. So that is primarily the advantage of, of these types of cookers now. Of course, you have people who are big fans of them. You have people who like other things. But those are the advantages of the Kamado Joe and the Big Green Egg. The Big Green Egg is the original, if you will, popular ceramic cooker. I'm not saying that they created the first ceramic cooker in history. Uh, that's probably not the case. Uh, but they were the first ones to kind of market this backyard, large ceramic pot to cook food in. And uh, there have been other ones come out. Kamado Joe is another very popular brand. Um as well but they they operate on the same principle so uh when we compare them it's not a comparison of two different types of cooking or two different versions uh, of cooking or two different methods it's the same variety they're just two different brands um, that compete with each other so um really good really good options for people out there who want to uh want to cook both hot and very very fast as well as low and slow and do barbecue on large pieces of meat. Um, it is, is definitely an option uh, and, and one that will last a long time. Ceramic doesn't go anywhere. That's another thing. Very, very heavy. You better, you better have your back brace on to move those guys around. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, very heavy, not going anywhere. It can last you a long time and, and, and very, very good at what they do. Absolutely. And it sounds like, if I had to guess, for those concerned about the carbon footprint, it sounds like Big Green Egg and Kamado Grills might put out less smoke um yes well to some degree right so you're only going to add a certain amount of charcoal and a certain amount of wood and the thing the downside is if there is a downside and you can't really get in there during the cook to add coal or wood to the the pit if you want to adjust your smoke or you want to adjust your your charcoal you have to do that by the uh, the vents which allow air to come in and, and react and create heat uh, through the burning of the charcoal so you can't really get in there and add to it so you really you might not get as much smoke or longer term smoke as you would on a different type of cooker but i think for most people's purposes 
uh, you're going to be able to get some smoke flavor and some charcoal taste on a, a piece of food. It's just a little bit different. Again, it's a different variety. It's a different type of cook, uh, but very, very good at what it what it purports to be, which is a very insulated, uh, long cooker that holds heat in very, very well. As far as the carbon footprint, I mean, it doesn't keep me up at night, but uh, <laughs> I would say, yeah, you'll you'll go through less. Let, let's let's frame it in the charcoal cost. Yeah, you might go through less charcoal and wood than you would another smoker, just because it it burns less and goes through less, and that probably will. Uh, that does translate a little bit into maybe less smoke, but uh, more efficient, I guess, because it holds that heat so well. Very well said. As we wrap up with you, Matt Hermans, just to make sure with one of these grills, the Kamado grill or the Big Green Egg, they're good to go for burgers, for hot dogs, ribs. Check, check or X. Ribs good to go. Oh with yeah, it? yeah. You can you can absolutely do ribs. Yeah, low and slow. What absolutely. about a what about a pork butt? Definitely do a pork butt. Just a little right. more charcoal, right. longer term cook. Right. For sure, you can do a butt. All right, but what is there one thing that you wouldn't want to do on one of these things? No, that's the thing about the green egg. I mean, uh, uh, you know, may, I may have, maybe a whole hog. No, you're not going to do a whole hog. Absolutely not. No, no, you got me. You got me. You're not throwing a whole hog on there. You don't have the room or anything like that for sure. But uh, no, everybody has their preferences, but you can cook just about anything you want on this thing. All right. Well, Matt Hermans, we appreciate your great knowledge. See, we are so thankful that you are so knowledgeable about all this stuff. You go, Grill. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Matt, Matt, thank you. Let it slide. Charlie, thank you for the great idea here on today's Y'all Show, talking about the Kamado versus the Big Green Egg. Matt, have a great week. Thank you again. Sorry that football season's come to an end. Well, it's always a sad time of year, but uh, we're moving into college baseball season, I would say, and basketball. We got that, too. Yes, sir. Matt Herman's everybody. Well, that will wrap up our Y'all Show. Thank you to all of you for listening to our show. And again, congratulations to those Bayou Bengals. We'll be right back here on Wednesday with ACC Talk. More analysis from the losing side, the Clemson Tigers, courtesy of Jonathan Lifite, and plenty of music talk from Precious Harris. All that on Wednesday's Y'all Show. Thank you for listening to this, the show that's all about the South. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed.